is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Welcome. You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead. I'm a writer at MavsFanatic.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Isaac Harris, the editor of Smoking Cuban. Nick, have you ever had any fried kofifi? <laughs> I can't say that I have. I can't say that I've had any kind of kofifi. Oh, kofifi. man. Some people were saying that that was that kofifi, and if you don't know what kofifi is, it's deleted, but just search Trump, C-O-V-F-E-F-E. It was trending last night. Trump tweeted, you know, something. And people thought that it was, like, a distraction from this Paris thing. But I'm like, he's tweeting about that, too. Like, what, what a distraction from everything. <laughs> just a distraction from his normal life and how his, oh, man. How he's like, I didn't want this job to begin with. I just wanted the attention. Yeah, he's got both. All right, well, today we are going to start our uh, sort of player profiles, looking into the future, trying to see where we are with certain players that are on the roster and where we are going forward with them. So today we're going to focus on on the backcourt. Uh, we're going to get through as many as we can, but we're not going to try to go too long because our first podcast, we went long, and uh, David didn't say anything about it. He said he said it was a good episode. I don't think he listened to it, but <laughs> he might have. Now we can put him on a spot. David. <laughs> Let's see if you listen to this one. He definitely listened to Locked on Lions last night. So go ahead. If you're a Lions fan or an NFL fan, go check that out. They had a good episode. So there you go. We shouted him out. What are Lions fans even talking about right now? <laughs> Stafford? <laughs> Calvin Johnson. How all their stars like, retire early because they hate Detroit? They're talking about Calvin Johnson in the same way that like three years from now, we're going to be talking about Dirk. Like, oh, man. Remember Dirk? He was so good. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> all right so let's go through these so we're gonna ask a couple questions about each player um maybe not get to all of them because some of them like like De- like one question we're gonna ask is did they improve well deandre liggins as a maverick did not improve he played one game did he <laughs> did he improve in the second half <laughs> did he make adjustments <laughs> did he actually go through and make adjustments so we're not gonna i mean we won't go through with that but but all these other questions we're going to ask, did they meet expectations? What kind of expectations did you have? A memorable, memorable moment of the season. What were they like in person? We've all, we've interacted with most of these guys. And so we kind of have an idea of what they're like. How, how should the Mavs proceed going forward? So we're going to look at their contracts, what it's, what it looks like. What would we do with these guys? What were the Mavs probably going to do? And then what's this player's role going forward? So we will look back at this, this season, but mostly just look forward and see where we're going with all of these guys, because a lot of times in the off season, you're just looking at like new guys that you're bringing in. But a lot of times you have guys that improve over the summer, and that's what makes your team a lot better is these improvements. You have these organically growing teams, or you have the you know the Thunder team of 2007 you know seven or eight. Like those guys, if those guys didn't improve and they just kept bringing in new players, they'd be you know not where they where they ended up being in the finals. You know, <laughs> or mm-hmm. the the Lakers right now. If you look at the Lakers, like some of those players. You, you, they keep bringing in all this young talent, all this young talent, and they're not 
necessarily improving. And so they're, they are where they are right now where they're not, you know, they don't have a definite like superstar on their roster. Now, could they get one with Lonzo ball? Probably, but we'll see. So M- Mozgov, <laughs> dang, dang, lol, lol. Lo- Mozgov is a superstar. <laughs> All right. So the first one we're going to look at is Deandre Liggins because I mean, he played one game. So, <laughs> so we're just kind of, we're just kind of getting him out of the way. So, uh, DeAndre Liggins, if you don't know, he played the final game. I actually missed the final game. I didn't go see it in person, but I was able to watch it later. Uh, he's a 6'6", guard forward, sort of. He plays 2 and 3. He's 28 years old, just turned that in March. Uh, and he has a $1.5 million team option for this upcoming season. He played in one game this season, like we said. 8 points, 7 rebounds, 2 steals. I mean, the guy's a monster. <laughs> a complete monster. You know, it's funny because... When right before the Roma situation happened and Cuban was talking to us on his stair stepper and he was just sweating it up and, and uh, we need to, we need to tell he, everybody how that's the weirdest experience in sports. It's it's weird, but it's awesome. You know what? What team owner makes himself available to the uh, before almost every home game? He's watching the most random thing sometimes. <laughs> it's, and, just, it's the weirdest experience in sports, too. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it sometime, but. Yeah, so he he's talking to, he's talking to us media before the Romo thing, and he says, you know, we're gonna add a pass first point guard, and it's, there's only like a couple of games left, and yeah. we're like, but he voluntarily says it, you know, we didn't obviously ask, you know, no. a question about the roster about that, and so then you know we're asking about like the talking. NFL at that point. <laughs> yeah, know? and we're like, what what's going on? So then all there goes all the media, and everybody's going to the room trying to write a piece on it or tweeting about it and everything, and so obviously it ends up being Romo. But then the Ligons news comes out <laughs> that they it did end up know, being they... Romo. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but no, the Wiggins, the, the Wiggins, the Ligons thing is, um, it's it's weird because yeah, there's a team option. For me, it comes down. I think I think it comes down to one thing. I think it's insurance for Wesley Matthews. I don't think he'll be back. But wow, if if Wes is if Wesley Matthews is moved, maybe by draft night. Um, why not bring Liggins to at least training camp, pick it up for a million and then, you know, see if he can be that kind of guard defender and bring him into training camp. But if, if Matthews is still on the roster, which I think he will be, yeah, I think Liggins is gone. But So that's, you're, you're saying that that's the only way he's, he would still be on the roster is if. I, I want to say so. Yeah. I mean, I think obviously if they draft a point guard, I think it's for sure he's gone, but. I mean, it's just how many of these guards can you can you hold on the roster, and where is he going to play? You know, they're not going to play him over some of the vets. They're not going to play him over JJ or if they keep Devin. So, I think he has potential. LeBron called him back in the fall. I mean, he played a ton of games for Cleveland. He even started some for Cleveland. LeBron called him yeah, he, like the diamond in the rough for him. So, yeah, he played he played uh, sixty one games for Cleveland. He started nineteen of those games. He shot thirty seven percent from three, which is pretty good. I mean, if you're you know, a role player coming off the bench most of the time. So, uh, yeah, to me, like, that could be interesting, but the, the Mavericks wing situation is really weird because I know we're talking about guards today, but he's also just like a – he's also mostly a wing. He plays he plays two and three. And, uh, like, we have a bunch of – you have a bunch of point guards. You have Yogi. You have, you have you know, you have JJ. Those guys cannot play two. Like, they, they can play off ball on offense probably, but they're not going to – they're not going to guard any twos. Then you have, um, 
Then you have uh, Seth that's gets probably going to play some minutes at one. You have Devin Harrison play minutes at one. Then you have rookie, whoever rookie is that comes in. If it's Dennis Smith or it's Frank Nealikina, like those guys are going to play, you know, some one, and probably most of one if it's you know Dennis Smith. And uh, so you have those guys, and then so then you have all these. You have you don't have a lot of wings though. You have Dorian Finney-Smith. You have Nico, who are both like we'll talk about them when we talk about the wings, but we're not sure if they're gonna you know, either even come back at that point. And then you have Harrison Barnes that moves up to four most of the time. He started at four, like almost the entire season until they brought in Nerlens. And so that's moving a wing to the front court. And then now you, you have, you have Dorian, you have, you have, uh, Nico, you have Wes and it's just your, your wing depth is just not great there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're just, they're missing some twos and threes that, that really need to step in. And so maybe he can be a good, like, you know, bench guy coming off, but, but yeah, if they, if they keep Wes and they keep Dorian, I think that he's kind of, I don't know. I, I think he could have a place in the roster is all I'm saying. And for his price, I mean, it's like a million dollars. So to, yeah. to pick it up, to pick it up and at least, you know, he comes to camp, he doesn't have to be on the final roster. And we've seen Dallas cut people before that is making more money than that after training camp. So yeah, his option uh, goes into place June 24th, which is the day of Dirk's baseball game. <laughs> so two day, two days after the draft so yeah so right around draft day i mean we're gonna be super busy then like that's gonna be a good time to listen to some locked on maps that is gonna be <laughs> crazy week yeah For crazy sure. week so so there we go that i mean that's what we got on deandre liggins another thing i wanted to bring up is he's he only played um he didn't play that many games before he started the maverick i mean he played less than 120 games in the NBA before coming to the Mavericks. He's 28 years old. So he's sort of in a Seth Curry situation. And uh, he did, he was able to kind of showcase himself with the Cavs, but this could be another situation where the Mavs take advantage of a guy that hasn't been able to get in a, a set spot and be able to, to prove himself. You know what I mean? Like showcase himself in a way. Yeah. And it, it did kind of worry me some that one, it surprised me that Cleveland dropped him because they don't really like them missing Delhi. He was kind of like their point guard. And with you know, JR defender a lot of the year too. Yeah, so he was like their one of their best, you know, defenders at that position and with Shump kind of more perimeter. But I don't know. I mean, yeah. It's a weird situation. He could be back. If we draft a guard, I'd say he's not back, but we'll see. It'd be weird to play Liggins and Dorian Finney-Smith at the same time. It's like the same guy, just at two different positions. <laughs> yeah, it'd be you know? kind of weird. Yeah, so uh, he played a ton of games in the D-League, too. Uh, but there's a missing year. There's like a gap year for him. 14, 2014 to 2015, I have no idea what he did. <laughs> he, he got drafted in 11. So then he played for Orlando. He played for OKC. He played for the Sioux Falls. Then he there's a gap, and then he played for Sioux Falls again in fifteen sixteen. So I don't know what he was doing. Mm. <laughs> Fourteen fifteen. It's, like, it's like that missing year in your resume, and like some people's like, <laughs> what is what did you do during that year? And you had were a you job. Jail? You just had a job <laughs> yeah, you where, weren't like proud of. <laughs> were you in jail? Were you overseas? <laughs> yeah. What did you do? So all right. Well, that's enough about Andre Liggins. Uh, Actually, let's just do bottom line. Do you think he's coming back? No. Yeah, I don't think no, so. I, do I think there's a chance, but I don't, I don't think he will. All right, yeah. Wes Matthews. This is one question that I, I wanted to bring up, specifically with Wes, is did they meet expectations? Did Wes Matthews meet your expectations this season, and what were your expectations coming into this season? 
Oh man, that's a loaded question. It um, is, and it's a great question. Did he did he meet my expectations or did he meet his contract expectations? Um, I would say no. I would say no on both. And and I I love Wes. I think he's an awesome competitor, but you know for his price tag and for the chunk of money that he makes on a roster, I mean I think we we hear the fans cry out every day. It feels like like we need more from him. And if you his want. One, to know what fans think about Wes Matthews, go to Facebook. Go to Mavs Nation. It's a Facebook group, and those guys trash him every single day. You bring up <laughs> Wes Matthews, and like, I remember, I think it was you and I that were talking about the spectrum of what people think about Wes Matthews. They are always on the end of like, Wes Matthews is worth nothing. <laughs> They're always on that end. Always. Oh, that that group is so fascinating to me. And it's hard. It's hard to talk about you know what he's worth to the team because. I mean, we we see him in the locker room every night, and yeah. there's nobody there's nobody more pissed off about a loss than Wesley Matthews, and and he he's hard to talk to some nights because he's yep. so mad. He's he's not he's mad about the loss, but he's more mad about himself. And there was no nobody more upset about him not meeting those expectations this year than him. And I think he would admit that that he didn't play up to that completely. And completely. So yeah. No, did he meet expectations? No, he didn't for me. So There were times in the locker room this season where no one would talk to Wes, and he would just sit there to see if anyone was going to come up and talk to him. I, I, I almost guarantee that this is what he did. He sat in his locker, and, it, and once you, when you walk into the door that the media is allowed to go through, he's literally right in front of you, right? Like his locker is right in front of you when you first walk in, and you're looking at him when you, when you walk in. And he sat in his chair and he faced out and he just kind of looked around. He sort of had his phone on him and he would just look around. And this happened, how many games does this happened? Like two or three games where he would just sit there the entire time and wait for somebody to come up and talk to him. And if nobody did, he would just like leave and get, yeah. get dressed and say peace out with his yeah. Dragon Ball Z socks. <laughs> that was the, that was the best Wesley Matthews thing that happened this year. I think was the, <laughs> those Dragon Ball Z socks. Also, there was, there was a game, I can't remember specifically what game, but I was walking to the locker room a little bit after everybody else, and I just caught Wes Matthews, like, rushing off with, like, he was dripping, and I'm not sure if he had showered or if it was just sweat, but he was, like, putting his clothes still on, and he was just, like, running out. He had, like, a really bad game that day, and uh, he just, like, ditched. Like, he just left. He was gone. He's like, I ain't talking to that media today. No, he's like, I'm done. So it's it's inter- the, the media relationship with Wes Matthews is is very interesting, and he also talks the lowest of any person that you can imagine. <laughs> yeah, like, for sure. He talks loud in a game, and then when he gets in front of the media, it's just like, you know, three point shot going on. Hey, Nerlens, Nerlens, Nerlens could take that mantle really quick. <laughs> Nerlens rivals him for sure. Uh, Wes Matt- Matthews' salary. He is a uh, 17.8 million this next season, which to be perfectly honest, does not look awful. You know, looking at some of these contracts, that's pretty bad. We're going to talk about out. Al- no, we're going to talk about Alan Crabb later. He's making $19 million. <laughs> that's would- bad too. Okay. Would you rather have Mike Conley at 30 million or Wes Matthews at 17 just for a year? Cause you- now you're know, talking, my, you're my- talking half. Mike Conley's legit, man. Yeah, but you're talking about half. Like, half. I don't know. That's tough. That's tough. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I'd lean towards West for sure. But Conley, man, Conley's legit. I mean, I would almost pay. 
I don't know. Yeah, I'd take Wes at 17. I, I think his contract looks really – his contract, if he didn't have to take the – the center who should not be named kicker at the at you know towards the end of it I think would have been really good because wasn't it it was like fourteen million right that he was going to take before yeah yeah I think it was something like that and then you know the whole thing went down and Dallas like hey and Cuban you know was super cool about that he gave Jefferson the same choice and obviously he's like hey I'm gonna go ride LeBron's coattails and and he's doing it and they'll start tonight <laughs> <laughs> and Wes is you know. But to all defense, Richard Jefferson was leaving to go to Cleveland. Wes Matthews' other suitor was Sacramento. So, you know, what? it's a little different. Yeah, <laughs> we give Wes Matthews all this credit for, for choosing the Mavericks, but his other option was Sacramento with DeMarcus Cousin, who was on the way out for sure. <laughs> yeah. So his stats, his stats, I was looking at them, are literally almost the same as last year. So we – you know, we, we talk about how he was coming back from the Achilles injury. That was a huge thing coming into, like, last year. And it still was a thing this year, where at the beginning of the season we were saying, like, oh, he's, he's had an offseason to to get better and, you know, and to, to rehab and all this stuff. Now, he, he, like, he's not rehabbing anymore. Now he's actually can just, you know, work on his game and improve and get, you know, consistent shots up. And, and I was hoping for an improvement, but his stats, I mean – like just almost the exact same thing. Like he's a, a point more per game, which you know I get the points thing is is because Harrison Barnes came in and took a lot of you know took a lot of shots. But the field goal percentage and, and the three point percentage is what got me. Is last last season he shot just about thirty nine percent, thirty eight point eight percent from the field. This year he shot thirty nine point three percent. So like a a point five percent difference in his field goal percentage. It's not, you know, good enough to say that like he improved in a way. And then his three point percentage was, was 0.3% more this season. So yes, he and did, three, yes, he did improve, but he shot 36.3% this year. And you have his, you have his numbers in front of you, right? Yeah. His, his three point percentage this past season compared to his career, wasn't it like almost the worst of his whole career so far yeah last year was his this last season it was his worst he shot 36 percent, and then this year was 36.3 percent. before that in five seasons in portland he was a 39.4 percent shooter so from mm-hmm. three so that it's th- it's three percent difference so it's not it's not crazy but when you're shooting from three and you're shooting as many times as west does he shot let's see he shot uh 525 threes in 2015-16. I mean, that's a lot. So you're talking about 3% difference. That's huge. But And you also, I'm not taking up for Wes in this, but I do want... One of us I, has yeah, to. I guess, I guess I am taking up for him a little <laughs> yeah, bit. But one. the system in Dallas didn't really fit him as well, too, because in Portland, he had these penetrators in Lillard yeah. that, you know, there's a completely different ball game when you have Lillard driving the lane, control, you know, bringing the defense on him, and he's getting a lot of more open threes. How many when I'm when I think of Wes Matthews shooting a three in a Mavericks uniform, I'm picturing right now he has the ball and he's shooting some off balance three that he's just like we're I think with shot clock Dallas, expiring. Yeah, I think there's so many of those shots. I think Dallas kind of forced him into like more of a playmaking role, like, hey, ISO, do it on your own score. And I, I don't think that's Wes Matthews' game. And he took some of that on himself and I mean, his post his post up game is just not great. Like he he tried to force that a lot this season, I thought, and and he did try to create. I mean, there wasn't they. 
at times they didn't have guards that could actually create for themselves or create for others. And so he was trying to do that. And that's, that's really not his game like at all. And Dallas is and back to the Lillard thing. Darren Williams just wasn't quick enough to get into the lane and penetrate and play make like, you know, somebody like Lillard could. So enter in somebody like a Dennis Smith or, you know, if they could get De'Aaron Fox or somebody like that, that can get up and go and control, you know, bring, draw some defenses on yeah. them and then say, Hey, Wes, like we love your defense. Stay on the perimeter. Let's get you more open shots. And we could see those numbers just go up just straight up. Yeah. And per, per NBA.com, when Wes was open from three, like four, like uh, closest defender was, was like four to six feet. He shot almost three of those a game and only shot 34%. So like even then, even when he's open, I don't know. It just it just didn't it just didn't hit him. <laughs> didn't do it. When a when a player was ten feet away though, he shot forty percent. So that that does that does show like improvement. So I don't know. Wes Matthews just he, he's was trying to be used in a different way than he should have been. The other the other yeah. thing that's interesting about Wes is that he had a definite slump in the season, like almost a baseball-esque slump <laughs> that he went into, and it just ruined the rest of his season. So in the first 52 games, he was averaging 15 points, uh, 15 and a half points, three and a half rebounds, two and a half assists, a steal, and he was shooting 40% from the field, 39% from three, and 81% from the free throw line. And then the last 21 games, he was averaging eight points, three and a half rebounds, three and a half assists, a steal, and he was shooting 33% from the field, 27% from three, and 83% from the line. I mean, that those dips are crazy. And, yeah, he was dealing with some injuries here and there. But, man, like for a shooter to, to go into a slump like that, like that, that really killed his season stats. Like For a shooter, that's making $17 million. <laughs> But you look, at the, you look at the first 52 games, wouldn't you take that 15 points, three rebounds, two assists, a steal, shooting 39% from three? Like that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would take it. I mean, I'd, I'd say I want a little bit more, but I would, yeah, I would definitely take it over <laughs> during the slump yeah. for sure. So if he doesn't hit that slump and he ends the season at at that fifteen points and shooting thirty nine percent from three, do we look at this season like completely different? Um, I think instead of, I think I would just be like, mm, okay, you know, he had a good season. I think I want more from him for what he makes, but I would just be like, mm, okay. That would, but, be, that would be up there with one of his best seasons, points and, and three-point percentage-wise. And, and, uh, we, and we just talked about last podcast how good of a defender he was this year. Yeah, and I got called out on it on Twitter already. <laughs> I'm like, dang, first, 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 day. first pod. First day on the somebody, job. Somebody already came at me on Twitter, and I wrote him back. I was like, hey, man, that's me. And shout out to you for listening to listening to the pod because I said I would take Wesley Matthews guarding on the perimeter over LeBron at this point in LeBron's career. So I stand by that too. I'm not going to go back on that. If you're telling me the last possession James Harden has the ball, I want Wes Matthews guarding him over LeBron. Okay. But, okay, crazy person. <laughs> get off me. Get off me. So, yeah, I – I don't think Wes was as bad as a lot of people say. I think that slump really killed him. And if I think he didn't, if he didn't go into that slump, if he didn't have those injuries, and that slump happened, and he missed a couple games, like he missed three games, not sequentially, but like it, you know, th scattered throughout the season, the, the last half of the season. 
that really threw him off. Then the team was bad, and he's super competitive. And so if your team's bad, and I think his motivation was lacking. So he definitely could have had a bounce-back year, but, you know, all those factors just, you know, kind of destroyed this season. So one one You thing- mentioned this – well, I was going to say, you mentioned this at the beginning of the West that Matthew's saying. He has a player option Yeah, coming up, not this season, but the season after. Yeah, $18.6 million player option in 2018-19. You have to imagine at this point that is definitely getting picked up. That's that's the big question about Wes Matthews. If if he picks it up, the Mavericks are in a bad spot <laughs> because that's yeah. you know that's where he is. Because and he doesn't and, deserve it if he picks it up. And you have to you have to really play that into trade discussions too. I mean, um, if you're the Mavs, <laughs> unless hashtag we the media treat him so badly next year that he wants to leave. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we, we would no, not no. do that. We're not smart enough to collude and do stuff like that. So, McMahon is. <laughs> McMahon's his buddy. McMahon talks to him all the time. But well, I'm not going to comment on that relationship. One specific, one specific um, quote that I remember from Wes at, at Media Day that I, I just don't, I don't know why, but sticks in my head was uh, when they were, he was asked about Harrison Barnes, and he goes, "Yeah." He's gonna play the three, so I actually get to guard my position. Like, can you, you you could you could tell in his voice that he was actually like kind of excited about that, but sort of just like f you, like that. I I guarded like threes last year, and that's not even what I do, but I still did it. Yep. Well, this year he played sixty percent of his t- his minutes at three, so <laughs> <laughs> didn't happen at all. Like literally at all. Like last year he played per per basketball reference he he played uh 63 of his minutes at three this year he played 60 so a three percent difference because of harrison barnes who turned into a four <laughs> that's that's another thing about west is that he's he's been miscast as a three in Dallas yeah. because that's just how they have to play because because carlisle likes to do with two point guards and it it's not really gonna i mean it's not gonna change, change. no yeah i mean unless like unless i don't know like a Jackson or a Tatum falls to them in the draft. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of the only yeah. way that it would happen. Or yeah, I mean that or you know, if I don't know if the Seth Curry situation would affect him any at all, but I don't know. It's yeah, it's kind of weird. And do, do they want HB playing full-time four? I think you could you could see the effect it had on HB at the end of the last season and just his legs and he he talked about it at his locker yeah. about how it did affect his legs and him getting used to that and all that. So I don't know. We'll see. Part of that, I think was also just carrying a team for the first time, <laughs> you know, he's, yeah. he's having to shoot all these shots and, and he we'll talk about Harrison Barnes when we talk about wings, but like he was doing these like hard isolation plays, you know, like th- those are hard on your legs when you're, you're trying to create and you know, all that pressure is on you and late in the shot clock. And I mean, I think that has something to do with it too. Like the mental fatigue, I think did a lot to Harrison Barnes this season having to be sure. the guy that the media goes to every single time. And he, he took it like a champ. I mean, he would, I mean, I will have nothing but glowing things to say about Harrison Barnes, the person. So. Yeah. HB. I couldn't I actually had, had breakfast uh, this morning with stop. I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say you had breakfast with Harrison Barnes this morning. What is he doing in Kentucky? <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, HB. No, I, I had breakfast this morning with one of my uh, best buddies from back home. And yeah. I, we were talking about HB and I was telling him how, how cool of a dude Harrison Barnes is, just how smooth he is, how just personal he is, how cool he is with the media, and just, you know, there's a lot of different dynamics and personalities you get in locker rooms, and 
Harrison's one of the one of the cool guys, and yeah, no, no matter who you are, and from personal life stuff to talking about the Tar Heels to you know all the off off air, not really off air, but off the record stuff. You know, it's it's he's always a joy to talk to. Definitely. One last thing I want to say about Wes Matthews was uh, something that like there I didn't. I didn't report like a lot of things this year, but there's a couple things that I re- that I reported that I like found out and I actually you know like tweeted it out, which was pretty cool. But uh, I was talking to to Sarah, who's the the PR manager of the Mavericks, and uh, I was like over in the, you know in sort of the the aisle, I guess, going into the the Mavericks like training room, and I saw Carlisle walk up to her, and w- I heard her, him say to her, "I want to talk to Wes." after after the game was done and all this and so i was like coach coach carlo requested you know one-on-one with west matthews and this was towards the very end of the season and everyone was speculating about what that means i think it was after the spurs game he played the phoenix game and then he did not play at all in the the last game of the season and uh yeah it was just interesting that he had that one-on-one with him west was you know right in the midst of that slump and not doing well and, and all this stuff uh, it, it was just interesting to me that he uh, – it was interesting to me that he had that, that one-on-one with him. Yeah, and I, I think – I mean, we hear all this – maybe we can have a pod to where we share our personal stories about Carlisle. But, uh, <laughs> we got enough. I have some good ones with that. Just from uh, one but, year. Uh, I can't imagine, like, a guy like Eddie Sefko that's been around, like, forever. You know, like, what kind of Carlisle stories for, do you have? Forever. No, nah, but, you know, Rick kind of, Rick kind of gets this hard, hardball, you know, persona, and rightfully so because he is. But you also hear from player sides about how, I don't know, how caring he is too. And hearing, not to go back to Barnes, but hearing Harrison talk about how Rick flew up to Iowa and spent like a week with him up yeah. there in Iowa, just learning about his hometown up there and his family and all that stuff. And you know, that was after HB signed. It's not like he was doing it to try to recruit him or something, but it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, and I don't know how that meeting went. I just know he didn't. He only played one more game after that, and missed the last two. But uh, but yeah, it was just interesting. So I wonder how. I'll t- that- I'll t- no, I'll tell you how it went. <laughs> Wes, you're sucking right now. Okay, we're just gonna set you down for the rest of the season. Just you're gonna be pissed about it, but let's just set you down. And Wes was like, "No, I'm gonna play." And so he played him for the Phoenix game. He shot one from eight for from three. And then he was like, okay. (laughs) And so he sat down. See ya. So there we go. We got through two guards. (laughs) So (laughs) these will be, we'll be going through these. Uh, We got, you know, got a ton of lockdowns coming on this summer and a bunch of time before the draft. So we'll, we'll go through all this stuff. There'll there'll be time to talk about everything. So next time we'll we'll go through the next couple of guards, but there you go. John Drew Liggins, Wes Matthews. Wes is in sort of an interesting situation. So that took a while. But, uh, but yeah, thanks for listening to Lockdown Mavs. I'm Nick Engstead. He's Isaac Harris. Follow me at Nick Van Exit. And follow Isaac at, at Isaac Harris NBA with two A's. <laughs> two A's and Isaac. Peace out. Thanks for listening. Go ahead and rate and review five stars if you believe it. And uh, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. You can achieve it.